Thanks, guys. Thanks for coming. Now, uh, Paul Torday's best-selling novel, Salmon Fishing in the Yemen, is one of those ultimate Ron Sale titles that does exactly what it says in the tin. It's about the difficulties of salmon fishing in the Yemen. Now it's been turned into a lovely, whimsical, gentle, romantic comedy by Lasse Hellstrom, starring Hugh McGregor and Emily Blunt. And before we meet Emily, uh, Amr Wackhead, Paul Webster and Simon Beaufoy, there's a lot of them today, let's have a look at the trailer for Salmon Fishing in the Yemen. Dear Dr. Jones, I act on behalf of a client with very substantial funds who has a desire to introduce salmon into the Yemen. Dear Harriet Chetwood Talbot, if your shake wants to pour his money down the drain, why doesn't he buy himself a football club or something? Yes, Prime Minister. Well, I'm working on it right now. I think I may have come up with something that you'll like. We need a good news story from the Middle East, a big one. Get on with it. New girl band, Middle East talk. Oh, maybe. Maybe not. Project to introduce salmon fishing to the Yemen. This thing is a bloody joke. There are two million fishermen in the UK. Two million? Out there waving the little rods around? Marvellous. This has just become a priority project. This is plainly ridiculous. Mm. We would need to trap 10,000 salmon, get them to the Yemen alive, which would allow your shape to hoik them out of the water to his heart's content. Of course, until the dry season, when they will all die. I'll see myself out. Goodbye. <laughs> you think I'm mad? It would be a miracle if it were to happen. I feel a bit like I've been stuck for years. I'm genetically programmed to return to a dull pedestrian life. Unless you do this with an open heart, I don't think anything will come off it. We must have faith, Dr. Alfred. Well. It was an extraordinary idea. I wasn't talking about the project. No, I'm, I'm not sure that I was. Faith, Dr. Alfred? Yes, all right then, Faith. Patricia. <laughs> oh, yes. Two of the few more like you in Cabinet. Great stuff. Now, uh, please welcome to the stage, first of all, the writer, Simon Beaufoy. <laughs> Linda's Dr. Harriet Chetwell Talbot. Please welcome Emily Blunt. <laughs> then the producer, Paul Webster. And last but not least, Sheikh Mohammed himself, Amar Waqid. Four people on stage, I've never had that before. This could get unruly at some point, I imagine. Um, now, uh, Paul and Simon. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we're off the stage. Um, Paul and Simon, let's start with you because all films start somewhere. And it obviously started, Paul, when you picked up Paul Torday's novel and Correct. read it. At yep. what point did you think you're flicking through this book and think this could be a movie? Well, when did that happen? Um, when I finished it. <laughs> and I realized it had a very good beginning, middle, and end. Yeah. Um, and then it became a real challenge because the, the book is 
composed entirely written in emails, memos, and letters. So mm -hmm. uh, immediately I thought, well, the subject matter is fantastic. It's got a great British quirkiness and eccentricity. There's a real heart to it. It's got social relevance, um, great characters, and a kind of lunatic premise in the middle of it mm. all. And uh, how the hell do you adapt it? And fortunately, Simon had read the book, and uh, our friend Stephen Garrett recommended Okay. Uh, he have a look at it, and um, he did the donkey work. He did the major <laughs> work, and he turned it into something rather wonderful. So you read it independently? You'd read, you'd read yes, I'd already yeah. read it uh, a while before I even knew there was going to be a film, and it had this very unusual mixture of satire and romance, mm -hmm. and the two are kind of like fire and water. The two, they don't go well together usually, because satire's very cold and unforgiving. Romance is the opposite, but somehow Paul had put these two elements together, and it, had, in a s eccentric way, and it had a lovely warm tone because of that. Absolutely, Emily, were you aware of the book at all? It's a best-selling novel. I mean, had you uh, had you well read it? Well, I wasn't. I probably okay. should have been, but uh, um, I was just sent the script, and I thought it was wonderfully refreshing and original and unique, just really character-rich, and I think yeah. it just leapt away from the rest of the scripts that were sitting on my table, and it was, I pretty much had signed on after about 20 pages, and then I <laughs> called my mum uh, after I signed on, and I said, I think I'm going to do this salmon fishing film, and she went, salmon fishing in the Yemen, and I was like, okay. yes, <laughs> and then I realised I'd probably missed the boat okay. reading the book, and it was such a success. So you went back, and now you're a massive fan, I, I imagine. Reading Huge yeah. <laughs> fishing fan in general. Did they have you? I mean, you said you, you, were, you were committed to the project 20 pages in, mm. but I imagine your character name alone must have been an appeal. Dr. Harriet Chetwood It's Talbot. the best That's name a, I've yeah. ever had, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it is more, more than anything just to see the amusement of people trying to get their mouths around it, you know, they just can't. <laughs> there were a few people who just had real trouble with the name. Oh, I've stumbled twice already, so <laughs> we're doing well. And uh, Amar, uh, can you talk about how you got involved in this project? Because Sheikh Mohammed is such a rich character. He's got such a, a, a strong belief. He's got such a strong faith. Was that something that appealed to you? It, it, it's, it's true. It was, it was quite uh, surprising to read the script and, uh, and know that uh, there are... Um, they're asking me to try out for the Sheikh. And when I read the script, I thought it's, uh, it's a different age group. And uh, he sounded far more, uh, uh, far more grounded than, 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 uh, than my kind of uh, age. And, and uh, when I met with Lassa and with Paul, I felt, uh, I felt it's possible, especially that uh, Ewan was doing Dr. Jones and, and Emily was doing Harriet, so mm. I kind of uh, immediately pictured it in a different uh, in a different way that adapts to the to the the crew or the cast that's going to be playing with me, and I think uh, it worked. And I think if it wasn't for Ewan and Emily, mm. I think I, I I might have uh, I might have been uh, not doing the right thing. Maybe I don't know because. Really, when I first read the script, I thought, it's a great character. Yeah. I wish I, I was 10 years old, older to do it. Okay. And then 
it just happened. That, uh, it's about it faith. Worked. It's about yeah. belief. It is. Waiting for something to happen. Uh, absolutely. The film is about many, many things, but it's centrally, it's about the relationship between yourself and Yun's character, Alfred Jones. I think we have the very first clip here, which uh, shows, I think, the first meeting between the two of you. Oh, good. So there we go. Take a look. Fitzharrison Price uh, represent the Sheikh's assets in this country, including a number of estates in Scotland. Um, he's a very keen fisherman, so he asked us Water. if we would... Sorry? Water, Miss Chetwood Talbot, H2O. Do you want sparkling or still? Not for me, for the fish. Fish require water. You are familiar with that concept. Yes, I am, yes. So, to save us both a lot of time, let me keep this brief and simple. Here, it's very cold. It rains a lot. Mm. Here, it's very hot. It doesn't rain a lot. Do you see the difference? Well, you're pointing to Saudi Arabia, Dr. Jones, not the Yemen. Fantastic. <clears throat> now, Emily, can you talk about that relationship? Because it goes in unexpected directions. You would think mm. this being a romantic comedy drama, you m we might have seen this before, but it does never quite go the way you think it might. Well, well I think that was the main draw for me, was the dynamic between the two of them, because at the beginning of the film, they're, they, they're seemingly very ill-suited for each other. I think um, she f she's completely baffled by him, and, and he's rude and un unpleasant, and uptight and she's more of a free spirit and um, confident and tenacious and um, so they are a really weird coupling to embark on this crazy mm. scheme together um, but I think what I loved about the relationship was that it had a feeling like it was from a different era you know there was a sense yeah. of formality and decorum that was so charming and mm. I think you see so many romantic films where people are just ripping the clothes off in the first scene. <laughs> it's just like, this is what was so nice, that these two were put in very complex situations. And yeah. um, and so it was a slow burner, Absolutely, nice. Absolutely. Uh, working with you and I imagine, must have been a chore. Oh, awful, yeah. <laughs> no, he's lovely. He's heaven, actually, and really funny and silly. And it was really... He's a very spontaneous actor and generous actor, so... We tended not to overthink the scenes, and I think when we got there, the, the most exciting thing to do was to sort of stretch them around and play so many different things in the moment. And um, we just tried to keep the chemistry really fresh, I think. Yeah. And Simon, were you on set at all? Or did you not very much. No, very it's much. a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good idea for writers to stay away from set, otherwise, actors sidle up to you and start saying, can I just change Can this? I have I a monologue? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I think if you've done your job properly, you shouldn't really be needed. So uh, whenever I came to set, mm. very rarely everyone would go, who's, who's he? <laughs> and, and why is he in the way? Don't you have like a yellow band saying writer? No, that usually helps. no you get yeah. pushed really much <laughs> further away if you did. Absolutely. Um, but can you talk about writing for you uh, and Emily? Did you, did you particularly tailor the, the characters to their voices once I you knew they were? I didn't know when I was writing that these two yeah. fine actors were going to be cast in it. Mm -hmm. um, what they brought was this beautiful sense of, or particularly Emily brought, was this sense that no matter how abrasive this person was going to be, you have this all-consuming confidence and you just smile back at him the whole time mm. until somehow he's just overwhelmed by her, <laughs> which I think is really nice. And it takes, as you say, it's real slow burn. It, it yeah. takes sort of 70 minutes. Yeah, and there are obstacles in the way, but there are organic obstacles. There are very mature obstacles in the way. He's married, she's in a relationship that's very fraught with, di with difficulty, so. Yeah, yeah. So well, it's always important in, in uh, romance to put lots of trouble in the way. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> As we all know. Uh, can you talk about um, adapting this book? Because as you say, it is 
uh, an epistolary. It's it's based on letters and emails and, and diary uh, excerpts. Yeah. Can you talk about turning that into a film? Yeah, funnily enough, that wasn't the biggest challenge for me. I thought it would be because it doesn't have a particular point of view and and there isn't a kind of authorial voice. It's everybody's different views of what happened mm -hmm. to uh, during this particular time in their lives. But actually, what I discovered quite late on to my horror that it's it's basically a love triangle with a third person missing. Yeah. And that in a book is fine because mm. you can think about them and bring them to life in your head. On screen, if he's not there, he's not there. Yeah. And that's a real problem. So I did what was quite a controversial thing to people who like the book, <laughs> which is I, I bring one of the characters back from the dead. Yeah. Which um, has got me in a certain amount of trouble with, really? <laughs> with fans. Of fans. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. But, but no, I didn't know any other Paul way Torday, to... Not with Paul Torday, though. Not no, with Paul, Paul Torday, to be fair, the novelist, he absolutely understood why we had to do that because I couldn't really keep this love triangle going if one of the people was dead. Mm. Um, <laughs> yes, it was no longer a love tricky, triangle. There was yeah. nothing to stop these two rather beautiful people getting together. Absolutely. And there um, are other changes as well in the book, not, not least that Paul Torday, you know, absolutely. Is, a, is an older gentleman himself and he essentially based Alfred, I believe, on, on his own experiences, largely. Uh, yes. I mean, so he used himself as a, a, a starting point and he, he's, a, he's, he, he's a very keen fisherman. Uh, he and knows he knows a lot about the Middle East. He does. <laughs> so he wrote he, a book combining. You know, Paul was an engineer in for most of his life, and he wrote this book, which is his first novel, age 60. Mm -hmm. And since then, I think this, he's written another three or four. He's an yeah. extraordinary man. Uh, but what, what's lovely about him is this kind of old-fashioned... I love that word you use, decorum, because he's got a lovely decorum to okay. and, uh, uh But a real keen sensibility and he was very generous wasn't he Simon very with, with the book and yeah your, he, un he understood it. that it is a completely different mm -hmm. beast and that a lot will change and he just gave us the blessing his blessing to change that really which is absolutely wonderful and very generous yeah because you know it's it's his invention absolutely but the book still exists the movie exists of so, you know two Indeed. very different creations um and Amr, I just wanted to talk as well about uh Sheikh Mohammed he's a keen fisherman had you fished before were you a I have uh, I have tried yes before okay. long long time ago and uh, spent nine hours and I got practically nothing <laughs> and it was uh, it was amusing I should say okay but I never repeated it <laughs> <laughs> well, I can imagine nine hours you get nothing you're not going to go back yes but but salmon fishing is quite quite special it's 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 quite a quite a sport actually I mean it's uh, I've never fished in a river before, okay. and I, n I never knew that the current is so strong. <laughs> <laughs> so, so did you actually need muscles lost him a couple of times. <laughs> oh, really? to, to hold your ground. And, and you know, uh, salmon fishes against the current, so you, you must be in a river with a current. So yes. it, was, uh, it was educating, okay. sportive, yeah. and I enjoyed it. But I know I did not fish for salmon <laughs> after I <laughs> finished shooting the film. What about research? What did you do? Did you? Uh, did yes, you we did. We did a lot of research, and we had trainers as well. I mean, we were trained to um, to fish as uh, professional as possible. Mm -hmm. I had like eight or nine sessions mm -hmm. here in London and in Scotland, mm -hmm. and uh, Ewan as well. Okay. We uh, it was fun. It was it, w it was fun learning it, and. Uh, but I think it's, a, it's an expensive sport to keep. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine it is. Uh, now, funny you should talk about salmon fishing because uh, we actually have a clip here where you and Ewan are fishing up in Scotland. So let's have a look at that. Thank you. But fishermen, I have noticed, they don't care whether I'm brown or white, rich or poor, wearing robes or waders. All they care about is the fish. 
the river and the game we play. For fishermen, the only virtues are patience, tolerance, and humility. I like this. Where was that shot? It's um, in the north of Scotland, um, near Inverness, just south of Inverness. Quite cold, I imagine. It was Very really cold. <laughs> it was, it was in the Very Yeah, you weren't in the water. <laughs> no, I yeah. was watching you. <laughs> <laughs> How cold was it? It was in uh, the water. Th I think two to three degrees. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, it was cold. So it was a case of in, do the take, then back out again. No, no? stay in. Stay yeah. in. Of course. Okay. The problem is, is when you come out. <laughs> I remember it w I spent one day I spent four or five hours in the river oh and God. not willing to come out because every time I came out it, it was really uh, freezing it was you know when you get in y you adapt and, and, and it's fine yeah. yeah but then the chill when you come out is, is really <laughs> unbearable it's pretty bad and Emily did you fish much for this because Harriet doesn't really get I didn't have to fish herself, so yeah. it was alright <laughs> yeah. I mean the, I had one really bad fishing experience when we were staying at <laughs> so bad. Was it, was it Staying shark? At, uh, um, it was not a shark. Okay. It was actually you, you and McGregor's dog. So that was probably <laughs> okay. worse. You know. My first cast, I managed to hook his very sweet little dog. Oh, God. <laughs> sort of scampering around the highway. It's like a really haunting sound that of an animal in pain. <laughs> you know, and that was it. I did one cast and it, I heard the like that, and that was it. You should have seen the one that got away. It was away. only his fur. Yeah. The dog's fine. <laughs> and the relationship's been repaired. Everything's yes. fine. Yeah. Yes, and uh, Paul and Simon, you uh, method producers and writers, did you uh, uh, get yourselves wet? Um, I, I, well, I, I can swim, but okay. uh, yeah, I, no, I've I, never I actually fished. Have you fished? Some? Yes, yes, I learned to do it uh, very badly. Okay. Luckily, the week of the mayfly, when the mayfly were rising, so it seemed really simple. And the, <laughs> the fish were virtually flying out of the water onto land. You thought this is easy. Yeah. yeah. Make a living oh, out of this. My children yeah. were catching them. I was catching them. Amazing. Never again. <laughs> Never right. again. No, For a brief end. moment, I thought I could fish. Beginner's <laughs> luck. <laughs> um, okay, so let's get some questions now from you guys. If you have any questions for any of our quartet here, and then raise your hands. We have roving microphones going around. So, um, firstly, the scenes of the Middle East, whereabouts were they shot? Morocco. Okay, and the second question, I mean, a title like this is... Um, probably not too ca catchy for like the normal public who don't know anything about the film. So how do you go about trying kind of like market the film and just make it so people actually want to want to see it? Because when when they just hear the title, they probably won't sound like they're <laughs> that interested. In I it. felt like the more of an issue of the title in the states because yeah. I don't think it was such a bestseller out there. No. Um, so we would get a lot of questions. People going. Why did you call it that? Like, <laughs> it's so clunky and weird. And I'm like, but it is about salmon fishing in the Yemen, you know? Yeah. I think that is actually what the film's about. <laughs> um, I think once people have seen it, you, you fully understand why it's called that. And I don't really know what else. We tried to come up with uh, other titles that it might be a bit catchier. A bit cliche, though. Yeah. And it, generic. It's, you know, it's leap a very of faith. eccentric film. Okay, and we yeah, thought, yeah. and it, the eccentric title should stay, really, because it was all part and parcel of. And it's what the novel's called. Sorry. Transformers 4, maybe? Or The Dark Knight, <laughs> Salmon Fish, and in the Yemen? <laughs> that might have helped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it, you're right. It's, it's been a real challenge, a marketing challenge. Uh, yeah. You know, the danger is people think it's a documentary, literally about salmon fishing in the Yemen. But um, with the right distributor and the right um, s set of marketing tools, you can overcome it. And I think, you know, Simon Beaufort specialises in 
writing screenplays with bizarre <laughs> the full monty you know yeah. slumdog millionaire you know all these, these yeah all things. those titles are only bad titles until people like the film and then they sort of like the title yeah. mm. with the full monty we spent months trying to think of a different title because nobody in america knew what that word meant same with slumdog millionaire mm. and that they they sort of worked out in the end so we're hoping that <laughs> this one will too but uh, I, I imagine Lasse was very dedicated to the title, very committed to it, didn't want to change, because he's, he's been braced movies with uh, strange titles in the past. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What's eating Gilbert Grape? Absolutely. You know? Yeah, so there we go. For example. Uh, Paul, um, Morocco was mentioned there as a location. Yeah. How, how difficult was that? I believe it was a uh, complication. We, shot in, sort of we shot in southern Morocco, yeah. so quite far down, uh, near in, into the Sahara around Wazazat, which is actually kind of the film centre of Morocco. Ridley Scott has pioneered. Yeah. Uh, a lot of work down there, loves it down there. And I thought it was going to be the most challenging part of the shoot. And in fact, it was once we got over the physical uh, uh, sort of meteorolo meteorological obstacles, which I'll go to in a, in, in a second, it was fine. It was a fantastic place mm -hmm. to work. Re and the food's good as well. <laughs> so uh, just an enormous crew, wasn't it? I mean, it just had hundreds of people working there. But yeah. it was fabulous. Uh, but... You know, you make a movie about um, people who build a salmon fishing run in a dry riverbed. And what do you use to do that? You use a dry riverbed. And we were absolutely uh, uh, assured that it never rains in Morocco at this time of year. And sure enough, four days before we would start shooting, a 12-foot high <laughs> wall of water <laughs> came down and washed away our set completely. Oh my God. And uh, meaning that the scenes uh, at the end of the movie, scenes of devastation in the movie, are real. They're actually yeah, okay. what actu it actually looked like and something we could never have hoped to have achieved with, the, with um, art direction. Uh, but it was the tribute to the Moroccan crew who reconstructed um, the, the, f the, the, the salmon run in record time. It's a fantastic place to work. Mm. Yeah. So presumably then you just flipped around and shot back to front. Yeah. yeah. Essentially. Okay. Well, a very big challenge for the actors to shoot the very end of the movie, right? Yeah. Well, I don't, do I mean, think? I don't know because I think I'm quite used to shooting out of sequence. Right. You know, I think the worst is when you're thrown into a love scene on the first day. You're like, yeah. hello, <laughs> I have <laughs> 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 That's when it's really good. You know. I um, so I think you get quite used to it. And by that point, we'd all been together a long time. So true, it was true. A little bit easier, but um, but yeah, it was a wonderful location for us. I mean, mm. it was a dream. I was working with such lovely people as well, and so between <laughs> takes, we would just hang out in these fantastic Bedouin tents, and it's yeah. when you stare out at the desert thinking, God, what a great, fantastic job. Mm. You know, so it's, it's, it's the first movie I've ever worked on where you had to have a professional scorpion and, s and, yeah. and <laughs> snake, snake, handler. snake handler. Yeah. Okay, just in case. I oh, didn't know. Did yeah. you see any? Yeah, there cool. was a there was a cobra when when Kristen was doing her EPK in, no. in, uh, interview. There was a cobra was like three <laughs> feet. <laughs> 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 Trying to get in the shot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, Some royalties maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, by a snake. Good God. Um, yes, please, sir. Thank you. Just wait for the uh, microphone. Thank you. Uh, can I ask um, how much was the budget, and how did you get the finance together to make the movie? Uh, the, the movie cost um, just under £10 million. And uh, Lasse Halström did an amazing job, I think, with stretching that budget. It's a pretty rich visual ta tapestry. And how did we get the money? 
Um, well, the answer to that is, is true of all British independent movies with great difficulty. You know, you cobble to get it together with a bit here and there. And, uh, but we were very, very lucky. We had uh, great uh, commitment from Emily and Ewan um, to, to make the film. And, uh, and if an actor is willing to, say, attach their name to a project, it really helps you, you raise the money. And once Lassa came on board, um, we went to Cannes in 2010 and raised the money very, very quickly based on selling the movie um, abroad. Uh, and our uh, chief supporter was Lionsgate, who are distributing the movie here, um, who were fantastically helpful and useful. But it was a, a, a pretty grueling process, uh, as it always is, unfortunately. Is it, uh, for Amar and Emily, is it, is it a, a question of when you commit to a movie like this, you commit to it and you think, well, it actually might not get made for six months or a year or something might happen. Do you have to set aside time or, or remain committed to it no matter what may happen? But usually, you know, uh, when, when the film is likely going to happen mm -hmm. and, 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 and you try to make room for it, and, and if it's a film that you like, you always keep that room for it. Even if, if, if it pushes, you keep pushing with it. And, and I've had films that waited seven years, and I've done them at the end, mm -hmm. and, uh, and they were really, really great films. Wow. So I think it's, uh, it's a matter of, of relationship between you as, a, as an artist and, uh, and the script that you read. And you really want to be part of that. And, um, and that's it. It's, it's, it's really that. And, and it depends on the producer and his readiness and his, if he's going to be ready to film soon or he's going to have to be pushing it. And I don't mind that. I don't mind as long as I know beforehand that uh, it's not going to be uh, uh, the next uh, couple of months or three months, we're going to push it six more months and so on, I'm fine because I'm still, uh, I'm, I'm not taking away from my work waiting in vain yeah. for nothing, for something that's not, it's not going to happen. Absolutely. And uh, Emily, I imagine much the same for you. Well, you must have hidden the panic of raising money very well. I, <laughs> I don't know if I was <laughs> aware of your sheer panic. I think Simon was more aware. Yeah. Maybe. It happened I a little bit. Yeah. But yeah. I, I think, uh, I, I'm not even sure how it happened, but I, th I know that Ewan and I attached ourselves around about the same time. Yeah, that's right. And there was, it was a different director, and then, uh, and then Lasser signed on, and I think that was the time where the That's money really happen. came in because Lasser had this huge hit with Dear John, and so I think people thought, well, this guy obviously knows how to make money. I mean, uh, there's no rhyme or reason, but I think people usually crunch numbers on you. Yeah. And, um, and so then we got the money, but uh, no, I was always in love with this, and it was actually the only project I did that year. Mm. I think it was the one movie I did, and um, actually I did th that sister sister movie. That's right. But uh, that was only two week shoot, so it was I was really committed to just waiting all year until it happened, and um, which is very unusual, mm. very unusual right. for an actor to do that. And uh, thank God for you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what did the idea for uh, you and Emily come from? Um, in the book. The character of Fred Jones is, is written older. Yeah. You know, as you said, it's, it's kind of based on Paul Torday. Uh, and we all f thought about it, uh, and my, my company uh, thought it might be, you know, an exciting choice to have somebody who's, who's just, just on the cusp of middle age, you know, very, very early middle age, somebody at 40. Because the, the, the story is about second chances. Yeah. So you needed somebody to have lived 
a substantial amount of their life w in a relationship which uh, Fred has. So, um, and we love the idea of Ewan, um, and l we love the idea of converting the uh, English, very English character in the, in the novel into a, a, ver a very Scottish version of it. And uh, Simon came up with the idea of a very specific accent for him, didn't you? Yeah, there's a p particular Edinburgh Morningside accent that I felt Ewan and I discussed a lot because they, are ex they have a reputation of being extremely correct and uptight. <laughs> and the accent kind of reflects precisely that sort of personality where everything is absolutely in the right place. Okay. Uh, and so that seemed to, to fit precisely with him. Okay, fantastic. And uh, for Emily, where did Harriet come from? Did you, did you do much reading into her background or did you do much research at all? Well... No, it's a bit different if you're playing a fictional character. I mean, yeah. you know, if, I, if I'm playing someone who was actually real, then there's just a yeah. encyclopedia of, of stuff you can discover. I remember doing que playing Queen Victoria, and it was just it was fantastic how much I could get my hands on. I mean, yeah. I read her diaries, her letters, and in that way, you really get a sense of the spirit of the character. And then you still have to it's your personal take, it's your personal approach. But um, but with this, I think it really. The characters, it was very alive to me and it jumped off the page at me. And so I, I, then it's just about whatever your process is. I don't know if mine is, is, uh, any, is interesting. It's probably to do with thinking a lot and, <laughs> uh, and just uh, understanding more than anything. Compassion and understanding. Okay, fantastic. Uh, any more questions for the guys? Just put your hands up if you have anything at all you want to ask. Hi. Um, can you talk through like the differences between making a um, film of a book and then a film that's the original idea of the screenwriter, like for the, for the marketing the film, writing the film, uh, acting out the characters? Do you want to start on that one, Simon? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, if you're adapting uh, a book into a film, you have the characters, and that's the characters and the outline of a, a tale to tell. And usually, that's all that I promise to the novelist that will stay, is that the characters and the story, and something of the spirit, the kind of soul of the book, will remain the same. But everything else is sort of up for grabs, really, because you have to reinterpret uh, a, a novel for screen. It's, it's like doing a cover version of a song, really. The original is there, but you have to rethink it for a completely different era and a different medium and different people. Um, so that's, that's how I approach adapting. Um, and an original screenplay is just a, a much messier process for me because it, it starts with my own idea, which is very unformed. Whereas, you know, if you have a book as your raw material, you're, s you're starting ahead of the game. Mm. So they're different problems, but you ha certainly have a blueprint, a sort of template from which to start, which is uh, a great comfort to the writer, for sure, and certainly getting the money together as well. Yeah, it helps. And... and you know, in this case, it was a, a best-selling novel, so there was a recognition factor. Um, and I don't know, have you ever have you, have you ever read a book and said, I want to make this into a film? Have you ever started with that? Um, I have, yes. Recently I read a book. I probably won't say it out loud in case I jinx, <laughs> <laughs> jinx getting Go the rights to it, because I'm sure everyone wants them. But, um, yeah, I have had a quite an instantaneous reaction to, to some books. Um, uh, but I uh, I can't remember if I played a character from a book before. Uh, I did this little film called My Summer of Love, which is based yeah. on a book. But the movie's yeah, so it. different. The scripts were so different that um, 
I didn't find it altogether that helpful to read the book because it, it just. Okay. I think when things for me, if the characters differ even a little bit between them, I start to get a bit blurred, and so I'd rather focus just on the script or what's what I first felt or what I really feel reading the part in the script. Okay, and uh, Amar, is it the same for you? Do you read yeah, a book or not? I, I think there's a very close relationship between literature and, 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 and the screen. It's, uh, they're both telling a story, and when you read a story as a novel, uh, it kind of gives you, uh, yes, uh, gives you, you like want to make it, or, or, or there's a character in there that you want to make, or, or even the whole novel, you just imagine it on the screen, and, 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 and you th you'd say, I, I would love to watch this novel on screen. But, and I've done, I think, Four, four, four or five projects that okay. that were originally books and then were adapted for the screen and and they're usually uh, uh, much more grounded in uh, in terms of characters because yeah. they're as Simon was just explaining there are two people involved in creating these characters so it's like someone who created the character and someone who revised the character for the screen. So they, they kind of shine more, I think, than, uh, than just a, a script that, uh, that you find a character and you start adding more flesh to it because mm. there isn't a novel. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's, um, it's an incredible challenge, though, because uh, you know, people, when, when, you, when you read a book, essentially you are making a film in your yes. head. Yeah. And so you have a preconception which is very challenging for for the adapter and for, for, for the filmmakers because all that wonderful prose is irrelevant yeah. in film because the camera is the prose. And uh, that's the skill in the adaptation, I think. And sometimes I think when the authorial voice in the f uh, of the, r the novelist is too strong, it can damage the tr that transition. I think also, yeah, and it's funny because I, mean? I think also for, for actors taking on characters that are well loved in a book you know yeah. i can't imagine paul Reno zellweger having to embark on bridget jones right <laughs> every woman in england thought they were bridget jones you yeah, know yeah. it was like she was public domain and Absolutely. i thought renee was extraordinary in that film because actually i think a lot of women went well we'll see if this american could play <laughs> bridget jones and then they came out going wow she was great so yeah, i think that's true. quite a challenge actually to overcome people's preconceptions and people's imaginations are so um are so fierce in many mm. ways when they're in love with a yeah. With a character in a book, yeah, so yeah, um, yeah. it's true actually. If, yeah. if, if you don't do it as 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 They're well as what the yeah, fans of the book expect, yeah. it's interesting. Yeah. Have you found out with this film, uh, Simon? You said you did earlier yeah, on. It's about but, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're in trouble, mate. <laughs> but if you found it, because it's not the same as a comic book movie, and in, in that there are geeks on websites specifically going, "I can't believe this." Yeah, it's or not the, quite the same. Quite I mean, that, you're talking when you're talking about something extreme like Bridget yeah. Jones or like the comic books. I mean, those are the ones that are very. Mm. You know, that people get yeah. very passionate and invest in. Yeah, Comic book geeks are the worst, actually. They're yeah, just so they intense. Are the you know. Incredible. Oh, yeah. Intense. <laughs> uh, we had a double whammy when we made uh, Pride and Prejudice, uh, Joe Wright and uh, Kira, Kira Knightley, because not only was it one of the most well-loved books ever written, the TV series. <laughs> 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 Colin and his shirt coming out of the lake and all that stuff. 
and I think we got away with it, but uh, it was it was pretty scary. Fantastic. How did you how did you get the rights for this book in the first place? How do you go about it as a producer? Is it a uh, well, I was very lucky. There were nobody else was interested. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> so I just <laughs> <laughs> oh good. There you go. <laughs> yeah, there was a bidding war. <laughs> yeah, bidding oh, war. Oh, yes, billions a huge yeah. bidding yeah. war. Yeah, massively uh, out of pocket. The, 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 uh, but the short answer is get in early. Okay. Uh, you, I read it before it was published. Okay, that's so. That in manuscript form, so that, you know, I was lucky that uh, a lovely woman called Kate Sinclair, book scout, was, who was working with me, brought it to my attention. Said you should do this, and uh, I will be eternally thankful. <laughs> to her. Excellent. Uh, before I ask a couple of last questions, but anyone else? Yes, there's a lady here in the third row. Thank you. Uh, question for Simon. Hello. Um, do you normally work with a script editor, or how do you go about getting feedback on your? scripts and how long did this script take? This one took a few years. Um, there's nearly always somebody who saves the day for me, whether it's a, an official script editor or the producer or the director. Um, there's always somebody who comes in at a moment of despair and <laughs> says, it's not that bad. Look, if we put this here and we move this around and it's, it's really about this, whereas you're pretending it's about this, then it all goes all right in the end. Um, <laughs> I've always, I've never been able to do it on my own. It's an incredibly collaborative process and I've always been rescued beautifully. I mean, I, th I think the whole filmmaking process is one of being rescued endlessly. <laughs> from when you're writing the script, <laughs> the actors come in and do superb things with lines that aren't terribly good and make them better. Then a, a, a cinematographer will do extraordinary things and an editor will rewrite and remake the whole thing in the edit room just with pictures instead of words and they're you know people are endlessly re reworking it and improving it and improving it all the way along mm. and then a composer will come along at the end mm. and do subtle wonderful things that that improve a scene even more um so i i value feedback from people all the time and there's on every script i've had somebody who's sort of made the light bulb go on in my head and i wish i could do it all myself and say yes it's all mine and i'm brilliant but actually there's <laughs> Always on every script being someone who's made it an extra chunk better. What's your first draft normally like? Um, it's the first draft is always one that never quite knows what the film's about. It always takes a while to realise that it's actually a film about hope. Yeah. Or it's a film about second chances. And th the first draft it seems to be about a lot of things and it's rather unfocused. Uh, and it's a, the different draft is a process of refining what the story's really about. Not what it might have been in the book or what I wanted it to be about, but sort of what the story will tell you it is. Mm. It's saying it's this is a story of, of hope over adversity or of a man who thinks his life is going down one road and is rather despairing about that, but at the last minute, yeah. someone comes along and rescues him. Absolutely. And uh, how did it change when uh, Lassa came aboard? And this is a question for all of you. Uh, what was it like working with him, indeed? A script didn't change at all, did it? Really? No, he kept saying, I don't want to change a word, which is <laughs> extraordinary. <laughs> I remember talking to him on the phone, and he's such a wonderfully odd guy, Lassa. I mean, he's a real character. And um, <laughs> he has certain <laughs> phrases that we all love so much. Like, working with him was heaven, because you they'd shout cut and he'd say, wonderful stuff, <laughs> wonderful, wonderful stuff. And he'd be like, one for fun. You know, he was just so easy and wonderful to be around. And if you'd ask him a question where he felt a little bit on the spot, so I'd say, 
Lasser about this moment. I don't know if I really want to be here. What do you think? He'd go, aha. <laughs> and he'd just pause and he, he just, he never wants to really take a hard line on anything. Yeah. And that's really nice as an actor um, and, until you need a response. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but he really was um, open and created such an atmospheric uh, set for us to, you know, play on basically. And um, it was very collaborative and um, really likes actors. I think yeah. actually really yeah. likes yeah. them and loves that's watching true, yeah. you, you do what you do and doesn't really get in your way, knows when to step back, knows when to step in. He's, he would occasionally give you just a gem of a note which would... You know, just really interesting notes, and I, I, I loved it. I want to work with him again very much. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he so did actually. The only rewrite Lasser did was with um, uh, an iPhone. Actually, he shot some <laughs> iPhone footage. Yeah. Um, More interested in shooting that than our film. Than the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. His, his iPhone diary was 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 a big part of the making of the movie. <laughs> but uh, some of it ended up a sequence which Simon didn't script. Uh, ended up in the movie, and it's, it's a very amazing. good sequence. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and it's straight from an iPhone. And Which sequence is that? Yeah. It's, it's, it's the montage of the project coming together and when okay, Harriet yeah, yeah. and Fred when are with the shake in Morocco. That's last one with his iPhone? Yep, that's him with an iPhone. That's not bad at all. Yeah. Not bad at all. Yeah. And uh, what made you go for him in the first place as a director? Uh, well, I think, as Emily said, um, he'd just come off um, a big hit movie, so he was a hot director. He called me. In fact, ironically, I was in Sweden, in Stockholm, his hometown. Um, and he called me from the States, and I've just read your script. I think it's wonderful. Uh, it's the best script I've read in a year. And th th that became a running joke. Every time he spoke <laughs> to anybody, it would be <laughs> best script I've read in five years, <laughs> a decade. Best script really good for me. <laughs> <laughs> I think I got a decade. <laughs> you got a decade. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I was a huge fan of... Um, my and still am of, of my life as a dog yeah, and what's yeah. eating Gilbert great particularly mm. yeah. in his movies and they connected mm. that that kind of uh, quirky mm. eccentric very amusing very humane um, sensibility which informs those films was was I felt the right kind mm. of uh, uh, approach for this film mm. and you know this movie whatever you think about it I think it has a big big heart yeah. and I think Lasser's got a big heart, and he brings that to the screen. It reminded me, in a way, of a uh, local hero. Was that yes. was that touched? Yeah, it was one of I my favourite film. films. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So was, something, was that something you were deliberately trying to invoke that feeling, or? Well, it's funny when I was pitching it. Um, you know, when you go out and try and uh, raise the money, you, my 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 two references were early, uh, sorry, uh, Ealing comedies like The yeah. Man in the White Suit with Alec yeah. Guinness and Local Hero. And very, very fortuitously, just tonight at the premiere, Dennis Lawson, who <laughs> stars in Local Hero, of course. showed up. Ewan's and uncle. And he's Ewan's uncle. Yeah. And it was so lovely, you know, to see that. I felt the circle was really complete at that point. Oh, fantastic. Um, I've just got one last thing to ask you guys. Is it, this film is about hope and it's about second chances, as you said, but it's also about not saying, not, not, not hearing no, not... not listening to someone when they say no. Uh, is that something you can relate to and is that something in your life that you have, you have done yourself? Never take a no for an answer? Let's go along the, along the line. Start with you, Simon. Yeah, I, I just tremendously admire that in uh, part of the human spirit that mm. says no matter how many times people say, well, you can't do that, that's impossible. He'll never do that. Those people go, I know, but I'm going to try anyway. Mm. I mean, it's why everyone watches sport, isn't it? It's why I support Burnley. 
endlessly, endlessly, oh, man, the of the spirit. And one day they will overcome Manchester United. They will triumph. And, 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 and you just and it does happen in sport, and that yeah. you know, and I think that's why sport is so it completely grips people so tightly because the impossible can happen just once in a while, and and I think that's in everybody's genes that they somehow, mm. no matter how bad things are, they can overcome it one way or the other. And I just I just love that about people. Absolutely. And I'm so sorry about the Burnley thing, by the way. <laughs> 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 uh, Emily, what about yourself? I mean, yeah, I, I completely agree with, with all of that. I mean, I think that... Um, I do think this profession, this job, is quite an impossible mm. task mm. to actually work in because it's so competitive and it's so uh, overcrowded, you know, for actors especially. So I feel incredibly lucky mm. to... Um, be in this job because it's a job that requires you to wear a bit of a helmet and sort of keep going and it's, it's you get personal rejection at every turn and then suddenly it can actually get better and um, yeah. so I think I think there's that I think I do feel that in this job that I've started to embrace the unknown and you know and what's ahead and uh, and I feel much more empowered to move mountains yeah. to get what I want now absolutely and uh, Paul as a producer no must be a four-letter word for you, is it? Well, I mean, if that's actually when people ask me, you know, how do you de define what a producer does? Mm. And my glib answer has always been to have be told no and pay no attention. <laughs> and you have to. Yeah. Mean, yeah. It's the same as being an actor. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how anybody would want to be an actor. It's so <laughs> I mean, it's so <laughs> difficult because you get rejection. Rejection constantly for most actors yeah. is an extra I mean, it's, it's, I, mean, I love actors and it's an extraordinary kind of triumph of the human spirit and uh, it's certainly not that as a producer but um, you certainly get have to pay no attention to that that two letter word <laughs> absolutely and uh, and Amar, the last word for you uh, yes I uh, <coughs> I share the same opinion I think uh, no has no place in our profession and uh, in our life in general, I mean, people usually, if you ask anyone here, you know, can you change the world, they probably say no, but you can read in history, yeah. so many one persons have changed the face of the earth completely, yeah. and, and, and I think it's, it's, it, it has to do with how much you have faith in, in, in what you want to do, that you will listen to people who tell you no, not and I don't usually listen <laughs> <laughs> good, good. keep it up keep it up sir fantastic well uh, that's all the time we have I'm afraid uh, thanks guys for thank your you questions for thank, thank you for coming movie town next week thank you to Amar Wackert Paul Webster Emily Blunt and Simon Beaufort thank you thank thanks you. Chris thank, thank you, you. Very much. Thank you.